Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So let's start with the uh, the unexpected school day here. Kids are happy. It's like a snow day in September here. Yay, we got the day off. <laughs> well, parents aren't happy. Parents, not so much. And a lot of confusion for, for business owners. Um, this is, uh, I think, a poorly thought out and badly planned idea sprung on a lot of people who were not prepared necessarily for... Having to shut down a business or finding childcare, but it doesn't. It's not business is not affected though, right? Well, it, it, it's it's um, government owned businesses are, yeah. so you're going to see government um, uh, services shut down for a day. For yeah, the so part. the courts are shut down. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay, so and Crown Corporation. So I assume ICBC will be closed. Yeah, uh, we had some government the, liquor stores. I guess it'll I, be closed. I would assume they they'd yeah. be closed. Yeah. Um, Again, we had a we had a person on the news hour last night pointing out that uh, a lot of people have to travel to make court appointments. Yeah, and not everyone lives near a courthouse, particularly in rural BC. Suddenly, they're out if they had an appointment on Monday. So, a lot of not a lot of time for people to make plans. I've talked to a number of colleagues at Global who have small kids, and they're scrambling to find childcare. Um, this will be the third day in September where kids are not going to be in school. So it's already a challenge. Anybody knows with young kids, it's already a challenge to find childcare on Pro D days, for example. But Pro D days are mostly always on Fridays. Yeah, this is a Monday holiday. Uh, so again, I'm not sure how popular this is going to be. It's really poor coordination by I think everyone involved. Like even Trudeau, when he was announcing this yesterday, it didn't sound like even he knew. He didn't sound very confident about the way he was describing. No, it, how it, this it, is going I, to work. I think there's a lot of confusion yeah. out there. Um, not really well defined and right. sprung on everyone at, uh, with very little notice. Right. And small businesses in particular quickly snapped into action here, furiously lobbying government. Don't make this a stat. You know, don't do this to us with little notice. Here's Kathleen Cook from the Canadian Federation of Independent Business on yesterday's show. We've only got six days notice to plan for this, and it's going to be incredibly costly for a lot of small businesses that are already still struggling with inflation and labor shortages and and pandemic recovery. I think, you know, when you consider that even the UK is not requiring businesses to close, I I think that decision should be left up to individual employers. Okay, so they that appeared to be a very effective lobbying because the government said, okay, we're not going to make businesses shut down. It's not a stat. So it's just a public sector Vacay. It, it appears to be in federally regulated employees, yeah, yeah. Um, which, again, uh, still not really well defined. Federally regulated includes all sorts of sectors, including transportation. Well, so then the government came out later and said, well, yeah, but it's not going to include like It won't include airports, banks. But again, it, it seemed to be written on the back of an envelope. Yeah. And now a lot of parents are going to be scrambling on Monday to find, find child care. And a lot of people had appointments in uh, in various government service systems are out of luck for a day. John Horgan's explanation on this yesterday, well, this is a union contract thing, that they've got clauses in their contract saying that any federal holiday, we get it too. And that's why he's doing it. Is that is that the explanation? Mm, not sure if that's, because this is, again, is not a piece of legislation. 
This is not a statutory holiday. It's just a declaration uh, of things that the government controls. So I'm not sure. Like I don't know why what he that clause states. Yeah, I mean, if he was concerned about the union contract language, I mean, like let them grieve it. Just keep the <laughs> keep the schools open, or if you have to yeah. pay them double time or time and a half to keep the schools up, at least you're not inconveniencing. Yeah, parents. no, I, I think uh, I think this is not is a popular move on either level of government. Yeah. Okay, get set to call we'll me see. on that one, uh, especially if you're a You parent. and I have to work. Yeah, we'll be working. We'll, we'll be, be working. working. We'll be here. No problem. Yeah. I'm interested if the legislature's open. i, I got to check what on that. What about MLA offices? Yeah. Are they shut down? I, a, I, imagine they, good, I imagine they would be. That's like, a good I, question. I sent an email to the government this morning saying, like, are your, uh, if, are your constituency offices shut down? I got no reply. So because Again, I don't think a lot of them know the answer. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about uh, Pierre Polyev the new conservative leader, and this confrontation he had yesterday with David Aiken, the Global News uh, Bureau Chief in Ottawa. Chief political correspondent. Chief political correspondent. Very, very senior reporter Mm -hmm. in Global News and all of Canada. And the way this went down was Polyev called a news conference, but I guess it sounds to me like, you know, Aiken was not happy here. There was going to at first. It was there seemed to be the no. There were going to be no questions allowed. Yeah, it seemed to be a very controlled event with yeah. minimal questions. I think there was actually at the end of the day two questions asked. Right, they did allow two with Coley of controlling it, and Aiken and others were not happy that this was such a controlled event. Okay, let's listen to this exchange here: Pierre Polia versus uh, Global Reporter David Aiken. And uh, here we are today with 40-year highs in inflation, where Canadians are spending more just to feed themselves, to heat their homes, and to buy a home in the very first place. The reason that... The, look, yeah. So, I mean, we, we have, we, we have uh, basically a, a liberal heckler who snuck in here today. Okay, so he calls him a liberal heckler. Polyam knows darn well who David Aiken is. He knows he's a reporter. He's dealt with him before. Uh, Aiken, by his own admission, tweeted later that he handled this badly. He apologized yeah, for it. But Poliev handled it badly as well. I mean, for Poliev suddenly... now, Then he turns around and uses this as a fundraising technique um, to raise money off of this, that the media is out to get me. Yeah. This is not starting off well in terms of him uh, earning media coverage as he begins his tenure as conservative leader. Well, yeah, I mean, he immediately put out a fundraising pitch to conservative party members saying, look what the media is doing to me. They're biased against me. Uh, Give me money. So to help me go around the mainstream media here. And Sounds I, eerily I similar you, I of American that, politician. Well, I, I, you know, this appeals to his base. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is why he won the party leadership. He's very effective. At but this. he's got to get his head around the fact that he has to go beyond his base. That base, 600,000 people joined the Conservative Party. There's millions of voters in Canada. Oh. 600,000 is nothing. He needs to appeal to a much wider audience than his base. And I'm not sure that, well, this is not how he did do it. Well, that said, I think David Aiken himself, whom I respect a great deal, he, he did acknowledge, as you said, he kind of lost his cool here, mm-hmm. and he said he didn't handle this well, um, which, okay, I'm, I'm, glad he, I'm glad he said that, but, you know, the way Paulie have turned this around, like, I wonder how most a lot of people are feeling watching that exchange there. The, the, well, I've been involved, you've been involved too, with some pretty heated exchanges with politicians over well, yeah. the years, and sometimes both sides acknowledge we probably didn't handle that properly. 
But I've never seen a politician turn around and then suddenly send out a fundraising letter saying the media's out to get me, get send me money. Like I've had some exchanges with Horgan over the years, for mm-hmm. example. You so know, I. he got really mad at me a few times about an exchange in a scrum or whatever. But you know, he never turned it around and said you're biased against me or trying to turn it around and say I'm going to raise, I'm going to use this as no. a fundraising. No, I, I had a memorable sort of not nasty but a pretty heated exchange with him on the eve of the 2017 election. Yeah. But nothing came of that. It just, you know, that's just the way things go sometimes. I've had one with Gordon Campbell when he was uh, with Premier. Uh, Premier. A couple yeah. of things, times got pretty hit, or with cabinet ministers. Sure. But then that, you know, life goes on. And both sides realize, okay, let's, you know, let's take a step back here. Both have roles to play. But this was sort of a, went beyond anything I've ever seen yeah. before to turn this around into a. The media is trying to get me. Well, I wonder if this sort of sets up, sets the tone here now for Polyev's leadership of the party, that this is going to be a very confrontational between him and him and the press. Well, he's running against the establishment. Right. So, yeah. you know, including uh, the media even establishment, he, even though he is part of the establishment, being an Ottawa MP. But, yeah, the media establishment is part of the establishment. Yeah. You know, the gatekeepers. Right. You know, it's not just Justin Trudeau are his enemies. It's it's much broader than that. It's the Liberal Party. It's the NDP. It's media. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts going after the civil service as well. Interesting. Okay, real quickly, uh, Health Minister Adrian Dix had a speech yesterday. Yeah, I'm Whistler, the Union of BC Municipalities Convention, on the hot seat uh, because there's a lot of people in that room who are mayors or councillors in rural BC. And that's where the healthcare crisis is really having uh, playing out differently than, say, here in Victoria or Vancouver, even though, you know, we've got obviously you know, problems and in, in shortages in Metro Vancouver in the capital region, but nothing like Clearwater or, you know, uh, Port McNeil, yeah. pick, a, pick a town in rural BC. Where these emergency rooms have been emergency shut Emergency rooms have been shuttered. Yeah. Patients are diverted. There's staff shortages. Uh, it's not an easy fix at all. And there was some tension in the room there yesterday. All right, welcome back. Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Rick in Delta. Hi, Rick. Go ahead. Yeah, I really think uh, Doug Ford had the right idea. It's not that I, I don't have kids that are needing daycare or anything, but, you know, I don't think that young people really appreciate the amount of work that the royal family put in. I mean, my wife's reading me something yesterday about uh, uh, the daughter, Princess Anne, and that she has over 200 engagements a year. And, you know, I, I just think they they see things in movies and stuff about royalty, and they don't have an appreciation of the of the work that the royal family put in. So you're saying that they should have kept the schools open and allow kids to talk about the Queen in school? I think it's not a bad idea because I yeah. do think they have a complete misconception about the royal family. Okay, thank you. That was the that was the take that Doug Ford had in Ontario mm-hmm. yesterday. Keep the schools open and let the kids learn about the Queen. Not a bad idea. I yeah. think a lot of parents would go for that rather than scrambling to find childcare. <laughs> yeah, and I'm wondering... You know, I wonder if the unions in Ontario had similar Me Too clauses on these federal holidays. I don't. Maybe they didn't. I don't, I don't know about I don't, that. I don't. Know. Like, I think this could have been could have been handled could have better. Handled better. And I think again, there's obviously overwhelming public support for Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, and we see that in crowds. And, and there's a lot of kids who go to those those rallies. I've, I've covered many visits and just surrounded by throngs, thousands of people, but that doesn't necessarily mean all those people think there should be a holiday associated with her funeral. Yeah, Larry in Abbotsford. Hi, Larry. Thanks for answering me. Um, I'm calling about Ottawa Pure. 
And yeah. uh, he's claiming he's got 68% of the Conservative Party supporting him. But I've never read or heard how many out of all the membership actually voted. So was it 68% he got elected by 50% of the total number of uh, uh, Conservatives? Thanks for the call. I don't have that number. I seem to recall it wasn't 650,000 votes cast, but I do think it was something, I believe, in the 400,000s of if memory serves. I, I imagine it would be a large turnout. Yeah, a large turnout. So 68% of a large number. I mean, whether it's the 100% turnout or not, it's still a fairly impressive victory well, and yeah, a fairly I think, decisive one. I think you have to give Polyev and his campaign credit for running one of the most overwhelmingly successful leadership mm-hmm. campaigns that I have ever seen. Like... They absolutely. Well, you go back to his it. predecessors. Where it took eleven ballots to yeah. elect Andrew Shear, I believe. O- Aaron O'Toole took a, a, lo- a similar long time to to get him over the finish line as well. So neither Andrew Shear, Aaron O'Toole had a commanding um, grip on the Conservative Party. Yeah. Pierre Poliev does. This yes. is a new Conservative Party. It's Poliev's party. He's framed it along different ideological lines. It's much more right wing, much more populist, but that's what the party wants. Right. And think about the number of new Conservative Party members they signed up, like hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of, new, of new members. I've never seen anything like that. No, that's so, the biggest sign up I've ever seen in yeah. any party leadership. Race. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? I think Trudeau should be very nervous about this guy, because given the, the political climate in the country right now, especially with things like inflation and a weird economy right now, people are concerned. They're worried. Housing costs. And he can really seize long, on those issues. Well, as long as Poliev doesn't get distracted by silly things, which I think he was distracted yesterday when he suddenly has a fundraising letter saying the media's out to get me. Well, maybe, That's that, not about maybe that work. Maybe he raises a ton of money off of that from his base. Well, maybe, but it, 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 money's not his concern. It's broadening the base. Yeah. Like he's got to stop think, thinking about his base. I'm not sure if he's, you know, afraid to take hard questions from the press. Oh, I think he is. Do you think so? Because he's an effective he's, communicator, he's, though. He's very gifted. He gets very bristly when yeah. he's asked about uh, things he doesn't want to talk about right now, which is Bitcoin, the trucker convoy. And then when he is asked about that, then he turns it around and says, you're biased yep. or whatever. But, you know, the guy... I'm is, not sure you can do that for three years. You've got to find a way to turn the channel. He is a very skilled communicator. Like mm-hmm. He is a really, really good speaker. He's very, very articulate. And I think this is one of the reasons why Trudeau should be worried. He is uh, fluent in, in French. His wife is fluent in French. His wife is uh, Spanish. an immigrant to Canada Venezuela. and uh, uh, clearly not afraid of campaigning and going in front of a microphone herself. Um, you know, this is a guy that I think Trudeau should be don't worried not, about. Don't underestimate him. Yeah. Yeah, so we're how many years away? How far out are we from a federal election? Almost three years. That's if the deal with the NDP holds up yeah. for Trudeau, right? And I don't see uh, the NDP um, pulling the plug on this thing. You know, they've, they're getting little things, not everything they want, but they're getting more from Trudeau than they're ever going to see from a Poliev government, particularly a majority. Do you think Trudeau would like to, he doesn't want an election anytime soon? I would think, well, they're always checking the polls to see yeah. when, when's the time to go. And again, it's, the election will be decided in Quebec, Montreal, uh, urban Montreal, urban Toronto, and urban Vancouver. There's another, another thing where I think, uh, Poliev is potentially dangerous to Trudeau is in the province of Quebec. I mean, this is a guy, he's fluent in French. He's got a French name. So I don't know. He could get on a roll there we too. Might. So.
Okay, we continue to watch it closely. All right. Keith, thanks for coming in.